Good afternoon, everybody. It is Thursday afternoon, and it is now time for Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. Hey, fetch. Hey, fetch. Quiet, quiet. Go ahead. She's she's asking a question. Don't be rude. Don't be rude. Hey, fetch. Did that woman really say you have garnets of steel and a mind like a freaking laser? Mary, you can't be asking questions like that. This is Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. Why not? Aren't we broadcasting from the Middle East? Well, yeah, but we might be seen as being politically incorrect. You know, the problem is everybody dumps people when there's a, like a sign of, of political incorrectness. Echan, you're always politically correct. Heck, thanks. Does, does that mean we can talk about dumping the Israelis tomorrow? Oh, I'm sure you will probably say quite a bit more than that. And now coming to you live from somewhere in the Middle East, this is Inside the Eye Live Primetime with your host, The Fetch. Welcome. Happy New Year, at least from Riyadh. It's uh, 2.03 in the morning, and that means it's quite a couple hours into what is essentially a very subdued New Year's for everybody, but uh, I don't know what's played, if the bumper music played, I don't know, uh, because I just couldn't reach. But anyways, guys, today's date, of course, it's for you, most of you, it's still Thursday, December the 31st, 2020, and of course, that makes it uh, a Happy New Year type of stuff to you. That was a lot of bass there, huh? Let me get some of that bass down, it's killing my ears. Anyways, actually... Um, weather, let's see, what do we want to start at? See, that kind of killed me a little bit. Anyways, let's see, it's just after two. Let me start here. It's just after two in the morning locally, so Happy New Year from Riyadh. Let me get that out of the way for good. And really, seriously, everybody, best wishes for all of you out there for a much, much uh, better 2021, because uh, 2020 was a little bit difficult, to say the least, uh, Hang in there, as we say. There's a lot hanging in the balance. Actually, history is in the making here. We're witnessing, perhaps, well, we are witnessing history with what's going on with the U.S. elections, with the way in which we have seen a global power grab by the health, really by globalists utilizing their assets in the health ministries across the world. And uh, what can I say? History is kind of hanging in the balance here, and there's a... If you add in a little hopium and a lot of action, uh, maybe we can get ourselves kind of turned around and get out of this fog of evil that has been enshrouding the entire planet. Anyways, before we get going here into the show, just a quick update on the weather here in Riyadh. Uh, weather was cool, daytime highs hit only 68 degrees under partly cloudy skies. Throughout most of the, most of the day, there was not much wind to speak of, however, and that holds true now equally. Um, temperatures currently sitting at 56 degrees. There's a, uh, we should be going down to 53 degrees. And <laughs> we may, man, this is, I, 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 I can't even talk. And overnight lows are going to be going down to 53 degrees, and we remain partly cloudy with a slight 15% chance of scattered showers sometime in the early morning hours. Winds are indeed a gentle 7 miles per hour coming out of the southeast. Perhaps, perhaps, just perhaps, you know, one of the greatest New Year's extravaganzas in the world is 
The Rose Parade, which is held in Pasadena every year. I know I grew up in Pasadena. I only attended the Rose Parade one time. I remember I got a hotel room. Uh, good, my best friend at the time, we both took our bikes and we kind of biked around the parade route. Uh, back then I was a cross country runner so I could stay up all night. I had fantastic endurance. My endurance is still okay, but it certainly not, isn't like it was back then. So we took our bikes around. It was actually kind of chilly. We stayed out on the parade route, enjoyed the revelry, enjoyed the crowd and just kind of soaked in the energy. Uh, certainly enjoyed riding our bikes along the parade route. That was kind of cool because of all the festivities. But that, of course, is being canceled this year. And it was actually canceled. The announcement was made back in July of, uh, of course, last year for me. And there's only two times that the Rose Parade has ever been canceled. One was World War II. And this year, because of a flu bug, basically, because of the flu. That's it. It's the flu of 19 of 2020 and World War II. Since 1890, the parade has rolled through Pasadena almost every year. So it was stopped actually three times during World War II. It was stopped in 1942, 1943, and 1945, according to the Tournament of Roses Chief Executive David Eads, who spoke to a group uh, back in the days talking about this. This was actually back in July when they announced it. Uh, let's see. Obviously, Pearl Harbor occurred in December of 1941, so they canceled it in 1942, just three weeks after the event in Pearl Harbor. And there was a token parade actually run in 1943, and it actually consisted of, get this, Three cars. That's right. It was three cars. Uh, it was a far cry, obviously, from what you might have seen last year and the years before. But they did hold the token parade in 1944. And this year, and it's kind of like a pattern I've seen all over the place. This year, all of the events are going to be held. It's a, a special New Year's Eve Rose Parade event. And you can watch it on TV. Yay! And you know, I keep hearing about all of this stupid stuff and I'm like, you know what? We need seriously to tell Jews, screw your TV. We don't want to watch things through your TV, period. Boycott television. Everybody, it's, it's almost as like, well, gee, this is a chance for, I can just see them like, you know, rubbing their hands together the way they like to rub their hands together with their little grins. Oh boy, oy vey, the people, the Goyim are gonna watch on TV, we're gonna get more money for the ratings. Screw that. Do not watch TV. Bypass this stuff. And when I go through this first half hour of the show, what you're gonna really, I hope you get here, is that we are under a global totalitarian grip as we start 2021. Now, there's some hopium in the air, but there's a lot of distress in the air. It's a subdued year, bar none. It's kind of hard when normally we're going into today, I'm talking about all the great stuff going on around the world, and there's absolutely nothing going on around the world right now. Why? Because a global communist insurrection, a globalist takeover has taken hold 
of the planet and they've shut the planet down utilizing their assets in the various health ministries and health departments. You know, there's another 100 year plus tradition that's getting axed and that is up the coast from California, communist California. And that is what's called the 101st annual polar bear swim. And it's normally done in English Bay. So what they get, what the people would do is get together and they would go dipping into I guess English Bay, I'm not sure where that is, in Vancouver. You guys up in Canada know where that is. And get this, now, this is how stupid and how cowardice the people have become here on this planet. Quoting here, participants are encouraged to take, to take a dip in a bathtub or a kiddie pool and if brave enough, adjust the temperature to 7 degrees Celsius or about 44.6 degrees Fahrenheit, which is the average water temperature of previous polar bear swims. Again, how stupid do you people have to be? How cowardice do we have to watch these people as they come up with literally the sheer lunacy to hold on to a facade of what was real living on this planet? Goes on to state here, the British, no, the Vancouver Polar Bear Swim got its start 101 years ago by a local named Peter Pantages. So confident you could swim or he could swim in English Bay any and every day of the year, Pantages convinced five or so friends to jump in with him on the first day in 1920 and thus the polar bear swim was born eventually grew up to be its own club various members of this particular family continued to do this up until this year one of the matriarchs had been doing it for 57 years actually 59 years well that was the granddaughter of of uh mr pete quoting her Polar bears know, I guess they all kind of like call themselves polar bears, right? Polar bears know that the annual swim is all about community and tradition. Then she goes for my 59th swim, all but one in English Bay, I will be in a fish pond, which is a pleasant six sea. Now, I don't know where this fish pond is, but she goes on to say this year, Let's have fun in the safety of our own homes, gardens, driveways, or bathtubs. Then it goes on to talk about while we're deeply disappointed that our great New Year's tradition of jumping into the frigid waters of English Bay will not be taking place here in 2021. We know this is the right decision for the health and safety of swimmers, as if somehow you're going to get a virus in a freaking icy water dip into the ocean. These people are idiots. Furthermore, they use a particular word, says here, we need to adapt to keep our community safe, that communitarian tagline. But what this really is, is the hallmark of a cowardice people bowing down to a terrorist medical establishment that has literally established a global strangulating control grid across the entire planet. Just to give you an idea, Australia. 
It's one of the very first nations to break in 2021 on a new year. I know, cheer up, right, Fetch? But I tell you, we're going to get through this. Australia was one of the first nations and is one of the first nations to bring in 2021 because it's very, very close to the dateline. And basically nothing. You know, basically nothing. They got two basic popular areas, New South Wales and Victoria. Normally, you would get one million people crowding onto Sydney's Harbor to watch fireworks. This year, they're going to do a token seven-minute pyrotechnics display. And for the most part, you watch it on TV. Who cares? There's no energy in this. Who freaking cares? You go down to Sydney, and I don't know if it's down or up, uh, only people who have a reservation it says here, people are only allowed in downtown Sydney if they have a restaurant reservation or are one of five guests of an inner city resident. People won't be allowed in the city center without a permit. So essentially, the communist global regime structure in Australia has shut down Sydney, has shut down the entire country. Only the bourgeoisie, if you're going to take communist thinking, are really allowed inside the city. Why do we know that? Because the restaurants along the harbor are charging something like $1,270 per table just to be able to sit down and have dinner next to the harbor. So you're going to have to be very, very rich if you're going to be there. The deplorables, the undesirables have all said, look, kick them out. They're not allowed in our city anymore. And so essentially you've got an elitist takeover by all imagination here, by all, I, I guess by observation, you've got an elitist, economic elitist takeover of the city and the rest of the people who are very poor essentially are not allowed to even come into the city anymore. Taiwan is going to, Taiwan's one of the great success stories out there, by the way. Taiwan is going to hold their New Year's Eve celebration as normal. They've already ushered in the New Year. They are five hours, so it's about 7, 16 in the morning there. What they usually do in Taiwan is they have these big fireworks display. And then they have a flag raising ceremony in front of the presidential office building. And that has all gone down as normal. Hong Kong has social distancing regulations in place. Basically, the communists are saying don't get close to anybody. You're only allowed to have two people gathering together, and all restaurants must be closed by 6 o'clock p.m. Obviously, the communist regime in Hong Kong has canceled any semblance of revelry in that city. Up to Tokyo, there's normally something called Meiji Shrine. It's a very famous shrine for I guess worshiping ancestors and things of that nature. It normally attracts millions of people during the New Year holiday and it's usually open all night on New Year's Eve. The door shut at four o'clock yesterday, uh, on New Year's Day. Normally Emperor Naruhito or at least the Emperor, uh, it's a very tradition to deliver a message by going out on the balcony of the royal palace grounds and wave to the families or to the throngs outside. This year, again, where stupidity reigns, it was done on television. It was done virtually. Really, who cares? The more I hear about this virtual, 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 who cares? It's not reality. It's not people-centered. 
in South Korea. Seoul city government canceled its annual New Year's Eve bell ringing ceremony. And what else happened there? First time that's ever happened since 1953, months after the end of the Korean War, which was when it was actually first held, I should say. It was first held in 1953. Now get this, how how strong this globalist infrastructure really is. South Korea has basically adopted the exact same recipes as, as Australia, which is a shutting down of the beaches, any places where people can gather or traditionally do gather. So they have effectively closed beaches. And the reason for that is because apparently South Koreans, what they like to do on New Year's Day is get up early and watch the sunrise in the morning, obviously in the morning, but they just like to get up and watch the sunrise on New Year's Day. Well, this year they are shutting down the central government, is shutting down the ski resorts and all major tourist spots starting on Christmas Eve until January the 3rd. Now get this. This is absolutely mind boggling. I guess the idea of being Korean and going to watch the sunrise is a major tradition, right? So the southeastern city of Pohang, they're going to do a live broadcast on television and live stream. The sunrise. Wow. Again, the sheer stupidity of the people in power as they cower or or they promote the evil globalist communist agenda which stifles human expression. Again, it boggles, it just throttles my mind. I, I cannot grasp that we have a planetary structure that is absolutely filled with total cowards who do not understand what living is all about. There is no fear here that you're going to get sick. Oh my God, we're going to get, if you're going to get sick, stay home. Just shut up and stay home. Go in your room, go in your basement, cower like a little whiner, and just shut up and get out of people's faces. But people need to live. 2021 is a year where we must demand that our freedoms return. Imagine, seriously guys, oh, I'm a city official and I'm going to broadcast the sunrise for you. Aren't I great? Again, what a slap in the face by these totalitarian jackasses in these various government ministries. Oh, they're not even going to put it on TV. They're going to put it on their YouTube channel. Oh, isn't that great? Hell, probably YouTube's going to ban it. This sunrise is, is, uh, contested. You know, this, this may not be the real sunrise. Anyways, it just goes on. Singapore, they have a big thing, what's called Marina Bay, canceled. Uh, normally it attracts 300,000 people. Bangkok, again, major city, canceled. In fact, if you want to hold any event whatsoever, you must get, basically go get authority. Uh, talk to the government. Say, oh, please, can we get two people, more than two people together today? So you gotta go beg the government there to even get three, three or more people together, apparently. In New Delhi, Mumbai, and Chennai, all of those hotels were, of course, ordered to shut before New Year's. So by 11 p.m., they had to be shut. If uh, people are out, what India does is they employ drones. They track their population. They do whatever they can to use technocracy to ins- to really strangle their people. And so... 
what can I say? Mumbai is India's financial entertainment capital. There's large gatherings, of course, are being banned. There are no restrictions on visiting friends. But again, they have drones everywhere looking at everybody. London, normally one of the craziest parties going on. It's supposed to take effect in about uh, 30 minutes here. What, 38 minutes, something like that. And uh, it's going to be crickets, essentially. The fireworks show is going to be canceled. It was normally drawing over a 100,000 ticketed spectators. I don't know what you would charge for that, but it would be ticketed spectators. That is going to be closed. Uh, normally, they are doing these shows for about $2.9 million, uh, obviously covered by revenue from advertising, ticketing, all gone. Edinburgh, one of the greatest street parties in the U.K., again, Canceled. They actually canceled that back in July. But again, all Christmas activities, everything there was closed. In the past, it would be a hundred thousand people now shut down by the global medical terrorist communists that are now controlling this planet. Dublin, another city, going to take a major hit this year. The National Tourism Development Authority of Ireland has announced that they're going to ax off, that all the activities are going to be axed. Normally they draw crowds of up to 110,000 over a three day period, 80,000 just to watch the fireworks display cancel. Geneva, New Year's Eve street party, one of the wildest, longest street parties out there. It starts in the morning. Uh, as you go through, you've got, of course, the fireworks at nights, live concerts, DJs, three stages, food stands. Again, canceled. Why? Because the medical terrorists, the criminals in these medical boards said, no, we cannot have any festivities. No, we just can't have it. No, no, and no. You have to, you can't social, you must social distance. Vienna. Another city that normally erupts with huge festivities, 800,000 people come to join there this year, done. Killed by globalists working through treasonous health ministries and government officials who pander to fake science and fear rather than common sense and a duty to their nations and their peoples. Rio de Janeiro, 3 million people last year came to Copacabana Beach in 2020, of course, you I can imagine, partying, dancing, 14-minute fireworks display, one of the biggest and most popular New Year's Eve celebrations in the world, canceled. Not only is that going to be canceled, but Rio's Carnival, which is going to be in two more months, canceled for the first time since 1912 when it was delayed for two months. Madrid. Another big party, actually more of a ritual there because they kind of got things. We got to eat the grapes. You got to eat 12 grapes. And then when the bell chimes, uh, you, you know, you're finishing up your grapes and then they drink up some champagne and then the revelry starts. All of this is then with the people involved is broadcast across the nation. Once again, canceled. And that is it. New York's famous Times Square, which is going to happen. Oh, I guess in an hour. What is that? One hour? Mm-hmm. No, not, no, no, no. You guys are not that early. Uh, it's, it's London that's going to be in a half hour. But New York's Times Square, they're going to have a virtual ball drop. Go screw yourselves. Seriously. Everybody pushing this. Oh, you can watch it on an app. Go screw yourselves. Really? How insulting. How stupid. Can you imagine reducing your life? 
to, to go into an app? My goodness, it's the Fetch, everybody. Inside the Eye Live, prime time, back after this. All right, everybody, sorry about that. A little bit delayed there, trying to multitask and get something lined up here. And, uh, hey, just kind of kept you guys waiting, but hey, I guess I got an extra minute out of that, huh? Anyways, it's the Fetch, Inside the Eye Live, prime time. It is Happy New Year. Uh, from Riyadh, hope everything is going well with you. Obviously, if you're in uh, the UK and France, then uh, you're going to be getting your New Year's kickoff in about a half hour now, another 29 minutes or so to go. If you're in Germany, I think you've already had it, had your, uh, what do you call that, had, uh, had it. Uh, New Year's Eve has already come and gone for you also. Uh, but for a lot of us, I was never, I don't know about you guys, I was honestly never really a New Year's guy. I didn't understand it. Uh, people just getting out there getting just completely plastered, uh, cheering. I just didn't honestly ever get the revelry. There's two holidays I never really got. One of those was New Year's. Seriously, I never got it. I went out and did the Rose Parade once because I thought, you know what? You're from Los Angeles. If you don't at least go out and experience the road, the Rose Parade at least once, you're really missing out because you're a native here. So I did that once. And quite frankly, I stayed up all night into the next day. And then I was beat for like two days. I'm like, man, I don't want to do that again. That, that It was fun, but it wasn't that much fun, you know. So I would rather go out and do some quieter things, maybe head to the beach. I know up in California they had some a nice dusting of snow up there. It would be kind of nice to just go up into the mountains and enjoy yourself in the mountains and take in the fresh air, the pine trees and the fresh snow and maybe have a snowball fight or two. And just kind of enjoy yourself. Uh, those are things I would like to do, quite frankly. I was not really a big New Year's Eve guy going into New Year's Day. I was, however, for many, many, many years, a uh, football fan. I would love to watch the different bowl games in America. You wake up, you wouldn't watch, you'd have the Sugar Bowl. I believe it was the Cotton Bowl or the Sugar Bowl. I think it was the Cotton Sugar Bowl or Cotton Bowl. I forget now. It's been so many years. I think the the Cotton Bowl. I think the Cotton Bowl. Don't get me wrong here, guys, because I never watched that one because it, the Rose Parade was still going on. Then I would go to the, uh, what do you call it? I would go to the Rose Bowl, which apparently is going to be played with in front of like, uh, 12 people. It's like it's going to be a Biden rally, something like that. Maybe that's why they canceled all of these events, you know. They wanted everything to look like a Biden rally, a Joseph Biden presidential rally, you know, speech rally. And they didn't want Biden to look bad, look like you know, so okay, make everything look like a Biden rally. Maybe that's what's behind this. I'm not sure. And then I would kind of watch the Orange Bowl. That was it. And and the Rose Parade, the Rose Bowl will always be important in my life, per se, because I remember back when I had little Daniel, my son, um, we lived on a hill up on Chinatown in Los Angeles. And, of course, you got the holidays around this time of year. So if you're in the manufacturing world, which I was in, making aircraft parts, things of that nature, uh, you had those days off. So I remember taking my son out, and he couldn't walk yet. 
And uh, I would be walking with him, holding his hand up and down the street, and he'd be a big champ. He was a champ growing up, man. So he'd just be walking up. He'd be struggling, going up the hill, but he was always tough. He was a tough kid growing up. So we'd go up, and then we'd go up. And and I remember on New Year's Day uh, that year, a year after he was born, he got up, and he changed the channel during the middle of the a USC Rose Bowl game. I believe in 1992-ish. And I'm like, hey, Daniel, you, you just walked, man. But what'd you cheat the TV for? He just kind of giggled. And uh, we had a lot of fun back in those days for sure. But yeah, that was the day you actually started walking, New Year's Day. That was kind of a cool thing to remember. Kind of hard to forget because he changed the Rose Bowl. And uh, I think it was USC back then, but don't get me wrong in that. But that's what I used to love to do is watch all the bowl games. And so once the bowl games became more corporate and they started to put the different, you know, I love the tradition, the Pac-10 and the big, the Pac-10 and the Big Ten uh, getting together. And I remember one year, and I don't remember the coach, to be honest with you. I don't remember. But on like the 26th or the 27th or the 28th, something like that, the Nebraska Cornhuskers were in town and they were down at the Santa Monica Pier. And I remembered, like I said, I like to go down to the beach. I'm a beach guy. So I remember that day I was actually down at the pier and all of a sudden you started to see all this sea of red coming up everywhere. And I'll be darned it was... The football coach for the Nebraska Cornhuskers, all the players and the family, and he held, I guess, what could be called an impromptu prep rally on the Santa Monica Pier. And I don't ask me what year that was because I really don't remember, but I remember doing that. It was probably around 1996, 97, something like that. But, you know, that was kind of cool. I was literally in the middle of the Nebraska Cornhuskers pep rally before the Rose Bowl, uh, whatever year that was. And I'll tell you what, there's something about these coaches, and it's true of many people that have attained some level of excellence in their calling, and they carry with them a type of aura a type of charisma that you can actually, if you're someone like me anyways, maybe I'm crazy, but I can actually see it. I can feel it. I can I can actually see it resonating off of these people. And this guy was no different. This coach, he had a, his, he was, he had this aura about him. Quite frankly, I listened to him. Now I'm a, I'm an athlete. Back in those days, I was really an athlete. I was playing softball two, three, four times a week, golfing uh, probably three, four times a month. Spent a lot of money doing that, guys. And uh, and I'd been around a lot of sports environments. And when he was giving that pep talk, it was pretty good. I've been around a lot of pep talks in my day, but he didn't convince me. And I believe they got blown out that year. But he didn't convince me. Honestly, he, if I were watching, cause I'm like not involved in it, right? I'm literally in with them. I mean, I'm with the families. I'm next to the players. There's nothing being cordoned off. They're there. They're in their Nebraska Cornhusker uniforms and their sweaters and all of that stuff. And I was literally in with them while this pep talk and I was studying this guy cause I've been around a lot of great coaches myself. One of my coaches was a state champion in California back in the day. 
So I was watching him, and I'm like, you know, dude, you you don't really have me convinced. You really don't have me convinced. And I'm tough, you know. I'm I'm an, I, you know I'm looking for excellence equally. And I think maybe he knew he didn't stand a chance that year because he just didn't come off very convincing. He did his best, tried to get everybody fired up, and of course everybody played the part. Uh, I remember them talking about going to this steakhouse or that steakhouse and how much they ate. And it was rather an interesting time to actually be in with one of the top college teams in the country while they're doing this pep rally. So that's another kind of cool thing uh, on a New Year's Day. But overall, I just wasn't a, a New Year's Eve guy. Like tonight, what did I do? Hmm. Exciting stuff tonight. Seriously, I had a great exciting time. I sat here at my computer and I prepared for a show. That was my New Year's Eve thing. And with about one minute to go with New Year's Eve, I, I kind of acknowledged, okay, it's a new year. All right. Back to doing the show. That was my New Year's Eve celebration here. So guys, uh, with 2020 gone for me, what I really want to say to all of you out there, especially those who have been financially supporting this, and that's a lot of you, and it's been great. You know what I mean? Thank you so much for all the support to the guys and especially the gals who send me a lot of nice things and encouragement. Again, I'm a pretty strong guy, but those of you who have been in this business, it can tear you down. And I'll tell you, I've been doing it a long time. It's hard to tear me down, okay? But you get a little bit of doubts every now and then. I think everybody's experienced that if you've ever done this thing. You do your best, and you don't let it worry you too much, quite honestly. But, you know, it's nice to get encouragement. It's nice to get support. It's nice to have no people appreciate what you do. And you'd be surprised how often you, you know, you guys and your encouragement would come at a time when I'm just like down. And you don't even know I'm down, right? But I'm like, oh man, that show wasn't very good. I didn't do a good job this week. Then you get the email saying, wow, that was a great show. I'm like, really? That was good? Oh, wow, okay. I guess I'm being too hard on myself. That type of stuff. So that is always important. You know, sticking together, making this work is a chore. And I just want to say thanks. 2020 was really a strange year. A uh, gal came to me. She's a Saudi lady, a uh, young, young gal, actually. She came to me and she says, hey, Dennis, did you hear the new memes this year? I said, no, what was the meme? And she says, 2021, meaning 2021, like W-O-N. And I kind of looked at her and I said, she's, by the way, she's a great conspiracy dearest lady. She fits right into our crowd. She's actually, she gets what I do quite effectively, quite frankly. So she comes and says, yeah, 2021. I said, yeah, 2020 did kind of win, didn't it? But you know, when we look at 2020, I remember when we first did the show, we were talking about clarity, a lot of clarity on the situation. And we really thought we had a handle on it. Honestly, we really thought, okay, this is, you know, we're kind of playing with the idea 2020, the year of clarity, right? But the truth of the matter is, is that 2020 has provided every single one of us with a layer and a level of clarity that honestly, I don't think we really could have imagined. It's unbelievable watching events unfold from both the COVID-19 scam, which is a scamdemic, from watching the way in which America rallied behind President Trump, even through the pandemic and then going on into the final months up to the election, 
realizing, quite frankly, that the American people, and again, I, I, this is a Ronald Reagan quote, and I'm actually, it's not even a quote because I'm going to have to paraphrase, but if, you know, the United States is the last stand on earth, you know, and if we lose the United States, the rest of the world is going to fall. And I said that to somebody here in Saudi, and uh, they just looked at me and said, you know, you're very, you're right. Said so many of us are pulling for you. We, we are, we don't want to see you guys lose. You, you, it's weird guys to me that Saudi, young generation Saudis come to me and they actually express to me how deeply they want the American people to win. They understand, frankly, the stakes at play and they say, you know what? We are so much counting on you in America to beat this because we can't. We can't. I said, well, you know, you have a government here that's really working hard to make things a lot better for you. He's, they're doing a good job here, you know, to kind of pep them up. They said, yes, but it's not like if you guys win. Said even here, you know the restrictions. And I said, yeah, but the restrictions in my country are ten times worse. You don't understand. We don't have freedom of speech in America. We don't have freedom of speech anywhere in, the, in Europe. I said, our countries are completely under the control of a Jewish matrix. We can't speak. And they understand that. And, and I'm like, you're actually freer here than we are in our own countries. I mean, if we say anything, we can be banned. We can be taken out of our jobs. I said, it's not like Americans are free right now. And they said, yes, but we want you to win. We need you to win. The world needs you to win. So the, there are people out there that even if it's not true, okay, even if it does, it's not true, but I believe it is true, they still want the American people to win. And when we went into 2020 and we thought it's going to be this year of clarity, what it really did was really made things crystal clear. We understand now that there is a global criminal mafia working within the medical establishment to create literally a genocide of humanity using vaccines. It's plain as day. We're hearing reports every day coming in, so-and-so died, another person died, another person died. How many are we not hearing about? Then they're saying, well, if you take the vaccine, you're still going to have to do this. Well, what's the point of your stupid vaccine then if we're still not going to? You guys are idiots. These people are not going to give up. They are going to have to be dragged by their necks out of these positions of power. You know, I've heard, I've heard thoughts in America where you have health officials. I'm talking about the stupid nutcase who works in a health ministry, not a ministry, but a health department in America, somewhere, right? And they go out and they just start shutting people down. No, oh, you have to shut down because the governor said so. Really? I'm hearing people are going to start shooting these people. And you know what? If you start shooting the health officials out there, and I'm not advocating for it, but you know what? If there is an uprising against the health officials and they do start shooting these people, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna feel sorry for them for one second. Why? Cause they're engaging in warfare against the American people. See, that's what came very clear here in 2020. 
There is literal warfare going on within the United States, within the CIA, within the NSA, within the military, within the Navy, within the Space Forces, within the FBI, within the Department of Justice, within all the various governorships around the country. The United States is infiltrated to the core. The courts are completely rotten. The governors, so many of our governors in America are nothing but dictators, literal dictators that have practiced human rights violations against their people all under the guise of a pandemic slash emergency. But the emergency was what it was, right? It's how you handled it as an individual that made you who you are equally. You never had to go this way. You didn't have to be a Governor Cuomo and then murder tens of thousands of people, at least many, many thousands of over 5,000, but perhaps 10,000 or more people in your hospitals, in your nursing homes, your aged health care homes, whatever you want to call those things. And you didn't have to do that, but you did. Same as... Michigan, same Pennsylvania, same as Ohio, same as California, Washington. They never had to go kill their people, but they did. They just needed the excuse to do it. And that's something that people need to pay. Actually, it's not that we need to pay attention to it. It's now in the open. It's very clear. See, 2020 brought that clarity to us. 2020 brought the clarity as to just how corrupt the entire election system, not just was this year, but has always been. So when people said voting doesn't matter, voting doesn't matter, well, they were right. They were right, except for they were wrong equally. You know why? Because by voting, you force the other side to cheat. By voting more, you force them to cheat even bigger. By voting even more, you drew them out into the open. And that's the clarity we saw this year. Once we saw everything boom and burst out onto the open market here, we now know that the political class was using a system through which first through the primaries they could eliminate all the good competition. And then once they got into the actual competition, the final election they could just rig it. Highest bidder wins. Which one of you wants this more? Dominion? Hey, Dominion's like, who wants it? Just pay us. You know, the corruption is unbelievable. The amount of fraud. The fact that we... I, I, I still kind of laugh. Because these guys have such chutzpah. Such chutzpah. That they really believe they can simply just walk in through the ballot box and take over the country and nobody's going to do a thing long term. Guys, what 2020 gave us was this level of clarity that clearly showed the degree to which this political elite is willing to screw the American people, screw the world simply to enrich themselves. And it's not just that they enrich themselves. But they went out of their way to literally engage in a massive trillion dollar plus wealth transfer 
directly out of the pockets of the people and put it into the hands of their Jewish oligarchs. Now, you understand the Jewish oligarch angle. I certainly understand the Jewish oligarch angle. But a lot of people don't really get the Jewish oligarch angle. What they get and understand is this idea of these leftists, these communists, and that's okay. But we must still educate. But the fact of the matter is, for instance, today, you know, you've got a massive thing going to be happening in Washington, D.C. next week. I suspect a million people are going to show up minimum. We should see all of you. Frankly, there's a reason for this, because we have to take over and stop this entire insanity. Everybody should go in groups of 40, 50, 70, 100, 2,000, 10,000, whatever you can get. And you don't need to use Facebook. Use your cell phones. Use your text messages. Make phone calls. Don't try to organize because they're just going to shut you down if you use a Facebook at this stage. And get out there at the city city halls. Get out there at the state capitals. Just everywhere there should be a presence of patriots. Because here's why. In this past election, the voting was actually so massive. And we will never know unless we we literally take everything and do a physical audit once we can gain control back. But I'm willing to bet that there were close to 100 to 110 million Americans that voted for Trump. Now, whether you like Trump or you don't, if you're a part of this and you understand what is happening here, you are not in the minority. Jews, the medical establishment, the media, and their small ounces of social justice warriors and Antifa nutcases, they're a hyper minority. A hyper minority. The leftists, the Jews, Antifa, they don't really grasp just how outnumbered they are. They think they've got this in the bag. But the American people are pissed. That's my read. And I see things like this coming up. I saw a thing, somebody driving down through just freaking column, just a long column of trucks and cars, a whole, I don't know how long this column was. We've had rumors of columns up to 90 miles long of car, 90 miles of cars in, in Arizona, for instance. That's not a minority. And people get what's going on. They truly get what's going on. Whether or not they're going to do something, that will always remain to be seen. But I suspect they will. Because why should they be under the totalitarian dictatorship of what they've lived through for the past year? That makes no sense.
Say, there's this type of message being spread all over the place, and this has nothing to do with this audience or the the Bannon, which is a very big audience, or some of these other audiences. The average guy and gal out there that really get it understand that this country, the United States anyways, is under a literal attempt of a coup against the people. Because ultimately, in a Republican system like we have in America, the people decide who they want representing them. We may not even disagree with that person. But if everything is rigged and everything is a fraud, then we don't have this representative system. What we have are a series of dictators. And these dictators, we do not owe them any allegiance. We do not owe them any obeisance or or fealty to these people because they work for the American people at the end of the day. It's not the other way. They are not rulers. They are representatives. And if they fail to represent the people or if they have taken this representation leadership through fraud, the people have no obligation to follow them at all. In fact, the people have an absolute duty to remove these government officials through any means necessary. And I mean any means necessary. They are not representatives of the people. They are usurpers of the constitutional system within which the United States is established. Now, I know America is a corporation and all this stuff, but you should still operate under the fact that these people are not just going to come in and start to take your country away through fraud. Make all these rules and regulations and steal your wealth and they didn't even have the moral authority or the legal authority to even be there. It was all fraud. Fraud vitiates every single contract out there. Remember that. So, there you have it. I think we should be going into a break here any second now. Alright guys, it's normally at 2.57. At 57 on the hour we go into a break. Um, I don't hear it, which means now I'm going to have to try to keep moving. Normally I have a break at this time. Uh, let's see, where do we want to go? Alright, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, 323-275-1314. That's 1323-275-1314. Uh, feel free to call in, obviously. Uh, you guys know, most of you know the gig. If you do get on a call and somebody's on the line, mute your call. We'll get to you. Listen, I'll give out your, your, uh, area code so you know it's you. So just know where you're coming from. That's a good thing. That's in case we have more than one person on the line. Uh, always mute your call, please. And then, uh, we keep the sound and the quality very well for everybody. And that makes for nicer listening. All right. Let's go into another issue I wanted to talk about. And that's this idea of New Year's resolutions. All right. A New Year's resolution. What is that? Right. I've never done one in my life. Uh, I'm 58 now, right? I've never done a single New Year's resolution. Just haven't done it. And I, I just figured I didn't want to fail, so I figured why should I just set myself up to fail so I didn't bother. But this is a time of year people do like to make those New Year's resolutions. I don't know whether it's going to be losing weight or it's going to be getting fit or eating healthier or just getting up earlier in the morning. I don't know. Whatever the res- New Year's resolution, it is what it is. And uh, But people, they make them, right? 
And I'm thinking to myself, you know, there's another type of resolution. And it's much more solemn than that, and that is your oath of public office. And whenever you look at a judge or a military personnel or a police officer or a political appointee, those are considered privileges. For you to be able to serve the people is considered a privilege. And you are treated well. You get a lot of perks. You're able to do things that perhaps you couldn't do before. Um, simply by virtue of the fact that the people are going to pay you to do whatever it is that, that we need you to do. So a lot of us consider that a privilege. And it is a privilege to serve in these cases. In the military, it's 100% voluntary. But I'll tell you what. I have... I have seen a lot of people out there in the military that really took their service in the military as a privilege. To be able to go out and do what they were able to do was an honor to them. And that, to them, it should be respected because, quite frankly, you need people in this class. That's what runs a nation. So they all swear this oath to protect and preserve the United States from enemies both internal for both foreign and domestic, right? And I'm thinking to myself, you know, that's like a long-term, lifelong, really, a lifelong New Year's Eve resolution that people take seriously. And then I look at the 2020 election, and I look at how many politicians who I know have taken this oath simply just throw it aside as if it means nothing to them. I look at judges. They've sworn this oath. And you can see all along the pathway, they're just neglecting any type of propriety about being fair to the people. Okay, we lost the network there. Uh, so I look at these judges, right? And I, I understand that some of them are just treasonous. I look at these elected officials in America and I see that a percentage of them are just clearly treasonous. But we also know there's a percentage out there that are intimidated. They're afraid. They're just not wanting to fulfill their obligations. Well, you know, you don't tell the soldier on the front line, well, you know what? Um, he doesn't sit there and say, you know what? I, I don't like my oath so much anymore. I'm going to just kind of, hey, you guys, you guys keep the fighting going. I'm going to retreat a little bit. I'll see you guys back at the base if you make it home. You don't see soldiers doing that. They generally fulfill their obligations, even unto literally losing their lives. And that's not a joke. And then I look at what's going on in the Congress and the Supreme Court. And I look at these oaths and I hear things like they're afraid. Or I hear things like, um, gee, if we do this, they're going to riot. Well, your oath tells you what you're, what you should do. And just like the soldiers, sometimes there's internal casualties when you are fighting an enemy within. And what we've learned here is that the oaths that all of these politicians, or the vast majority, probably 90 percentile or more, 
Certainly, everything that we have seen in the courts, some 80, 90 solid stuff thrown out based on what? Well, you don't have standing. Oh, it's too early to vote. There's been no harm yet. Well, you can't wait till there's going to be harm. So we're seeing all these excuses by these various judiciaries or jurists, judges, whatever you want to call them. We've seen the same within, let's say, uh, various, uh, what do you call this, uh, legislators. That's the word I'm looking for. And you see it. And if they're afraid, they're afraid of what? Who's intimidating them? If they're being intimidated by somebody, they're afraid of something. We've already seen casualties. Let's be honest, we've seen casualties. That kid in Georgia, the girlfriend of the daughter of the governor, I don't remember his name, but he's a casualty. They killed him. See, there are casualties in war. And what's happening here is that we are in the middle of a war. There's probably many more casualties that we don't even hear about going on behind the scenes. It's rumored that the raid in Frankfurt cost five special operations forces from the military their lives and a treasonous CIA guy lost his. It's only rumored. We're not sure. But what about the legislators? What about the judges? Why aren't they ruling? Why aren't they taking their oath seriously? You know, because they don't have courage. They don't have what it takes to actually do what is necessary in the time of war to do what you have to do. And if the time calls for you to sign, knowing that this may cause you to have serious harm, even death, in the nature of a war, does the soldier on the front line say, whoops, you know what? I'm not, I'm, I didn't sign up for all this. I'm going to quit now. No, they don't, do they? Does the guy in the Navy sit there and say, you know what? I don't think I'm going to get on the ship today. Uh, you guys go on without me. No, they do their job. And that is true of every single public servant who accepts their position and the privilege of having that position through the oaths that they take to preserve and protect the Constitution of the United States from enemies both foreign and domestic. And none of them, if you've noticed, not one of them has the courage to do what is right, to simply sign and say, I cannot let this go. I'm going to sign this. I'm going to hear that. We're going to do this, but just do what's right. Every single one of these people has essentially taken our money as taxpayers and simply abrogated their responsibilities. They want to take the job. They want to, they want to rule on the easy stuff. And then they won't even get that right. For instance, remember the recent case in Kansas where they brought the case before Kansas and Kansas says something like, you know, we need, we need proof of everything before you vote. And, uh, the Supreme Court says, uh, no, you don't need any proof. Or how about Stacey Abrams' sister down in Georgia? They want to purge the voting rolls of all the errant names in the voting rolls and the sister says, no, you can't do that. And she's sitting on the judgeship. She's sitting as a court, as a court jurist somewhere. 
And she says, no, no, you don't have to, you can't do that. Again, that's treason there. But imagine across the whole entire food chain, we're just not getting any traction. Just not happening. Uh, let's see here if I can find that. So that was kind of, kind of where I was going at with that. I think you guys get the general idea. You know, it's a New Year's Day. Uh, this is the time for New Year's resolutions. And the people, you know, an oath to the Constitution. I'm sure, by the way, this is happening throughout the West. I don't know what public officials inside of, uh, uh, England, for instance, I'm not aware of what they do, you know, what they sign, what anything like that. I have no clue. You know, I just don't know. But I'm sure there's something that these guys, some type of oath that they sign, and they're not following it either. In other words, they want to take the money, but they don't want to do the job. So we should get rid of them. One way or another, get rid of them. They've proven to us they're worthless. When the chips are down, they cannot be counted on. You know, it's funny, you know, all these little paths to victory that we see for Donald Trump out there. And, a lo- you know, a lot of it goes through Mike Pence. And it's it's rather fascinating to watch the amount of people out there who have absolutely zero confidence in Pence. Literally, they think Pence is going to just kind of like, uh, mm, what can you say, uh, not stand for what's right. <laughs> He's going to throw America under the bus, something like that. Uh, whether or not that actually happens, I don't know, but that's kind of what the ruling or the feeling we get is going to happen out there. Um, I actually called back the studio on the wrong line. That's not good. All right. I got, t- I got two different Skypes going on here. Okay. That was not good. I usually use that three minutes, guys, for the breaks to get the next set of stories lined up, and I just didn't get my break. So I'm running out of stories to tell. There was a story, though, which I found kind of interesting going into the new year. And it's this idea of all these junkets that various politicians have taken to China. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I, I mean, I understand this is a deal. And let me see if I can find that story. That's the Chinese journalist who was jailed. Lesbian attorney general punishing a lawyer challenging the election. Yeah, we have a big problem with the lesbian gay community. They need to be routed also. They really do need to be routed. Um, yeah, here it is. The story here it is. All right. Now, the story basically goes like this. Full list of traitor media outlets. This is coming out of Natural News. And it says here, traitor media outlets that accepted sponsored trips from communist China to oppress the truth in America. These are the enemies of the people. Then it goes on to explain here that you have, according to the U.S. government report, aims to co-opt and neutralize sources of potential opposition to the policies and authority of its ruling Chinese Communist Party and influence overseas Chinese communities, foreign governments, and other actors to take actions or adopt positions supportive of Beijing's preferred policies. Now, Here's the full list. Vox, 
Slate, Boston Herald, Boston Globe, Huffington Post, The Atlantic, Fox News, New York Times, NPR, CNBC, Newsweek, LA Times, Baltimore Sun, Chicago Tribune. It goes on. It's kind of long. The Guardian, New Yorker, Financial Times, Foreign Policy, Yahoo Finance, Philadelphia Inquirer. It goes on. U.S. News and World Report, etc. Ends with MSNBC. Then they talked about private dinners with Chinese communist leaders, propagandists, and all this type of stuff. And there's even more. It goes on even more. It's a huge list. But guess what? What's not being said here? The fact that this is what the Jewish people do. If you're going to find fault with the way in which the media which is a Jewish-run cesspool, is cozying up to communist China. What about all of those American politicians as well as, well, let's just leave it the politicians, but some of their staffers, etc., and media personnel, who make their sponsored, remember the term is sponsored here, which means it's free to the people going, who make sponsored trips over to Israel. Now, what we are seeing here is a parallel action in play. Whatever is happening inside the Chinese infiltration of American politics is actually uh, more so than what is happening inside of... The Chinese or the the Jewish community. In other words, whatever is happening with communist China has happened even more so with Israel, and it's been going on for a lot longer than that. Uh, let's see. I I got an offer here for someone to join me here. I'm going to see if we can patch him in, and uh, I can't just disconnect the call because I'm live. I'd like to bring in Breiser. It's already New Year's, and let's see what Breiser can say. But Breiser, I don't see your name in the list here. All right, we're going to try to bring in Breiser. In the meantime, we're going to go to uh, the 314 area code. Hi, welcome to Inside the Eye Live. Happy New Year. Or soon to be Happy New Year. Okay, how? there you are. Okay, hi, good afternoon. Welcome to Inside the Eye Live primetime. Hey. Hello there. Hey, um, I got some information. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting uh, echo here, man. You guys always complain about echo. I don't know why. I got to turn you down to like nothing, and then I got to go back and re-edit you in the post-production. That's what sucks. Okay. Okay. Anyway, I learned uh, quite a bit about the vaccine today. Okay. Uh, uh, What's going on with that is uh, basically anybody that gets the vaccine is a guinea pig. Uh, They did the rush job on the vaccine, you know. Um, and they didn't have time to do all the testing or didn't take the time to do the testing that they usually do with animals and things. And um, the, the, the thing with the vaccine is it, it messes with your genes, your genomes. It changes your genomes, you know, and, and that is not good because uh, all kinds of bad, you can have all kinds of bad reactions from what I'm hearing. Uh, you can get cancer. Um, also, if you do get the COVID thing, your, your, uh, symptoms are going to be twice as bad 
and you know, uh, which is bad. So you have more of a chance of dying if you get the vaccine than if you don't. Well, I, I think this is an expert uh, doctor that uh, that I heard all this from, and she's really knowledgeable. Yeah, I think a and, lot of uh, us understand this that this thing is deadly. I don't know if you heard from. I, I don't know her name right now, but yeah, have you heard that? Well, yeah, I have heard about a lot of this. Where essentially this is experimental. They rushed it out. They probably didn't rush it out. It's probably been in development for two, three, four, five years. You know, already they just didn't want to go through the animal testing because they knew it was going to fail anyways. And if they did the animal testing, right. they would lose. Uh, but they didn't do she this in nine been, months. You know, other vaccines that have been done this way that you know, uh, affected the genomes and, uh, they've been very unsuccessful and very dangerous. And anytime you're messing with the human gene, you know, this is really bad. So, so nobody, you do not want to get the vaccine. The problem is they also going to have that, uh, Microsoft tag. They're going to tag you. Uh, this is, I don't know if this is going to happen right away or if it's in the vaccine right now. Well, our point here is instead of talking about these foregone conclusions, we should be talking about overthrowing these people. Instead of talking like they are not, we need to talk, how do we overthrow their officials? How to overthrow the government officials behind this? How to take away liability from these people? That's where we need this discussion to go. Not that like, well, they're going to tag us. No. How do we get rid of Bill Gates? How do we sue or destroy the health departments? How do, because we know they're doing in fraud, Art. It's all fraud. All of their reporting is fraud. They are spreading the fear of a pandemic based on a lie. That's a crime. But what, what they fear the most, and we're talking about the top one, two percent that are, you know, basically going to be turning us into slaves. You know, by by 2050, let's say, it's going to be completed. You know, judges and stuff, they're saying you're either in or you're out. They're telling these judges, and that's why they're scared. Well, they need to fear the people uh, more. That's the whole point. You can be a peon. You can be a peon, or you can be with us. No, Art, Art, I I disagree. Art, I disagree. At this stage, those people are outnumbered. This is the time to take them out now while we're strong. Exactly. While we are strong. The judges who fail. One thing they do fear is the masses that, that, you know, the millions of people that are gun owners and so forth. That's what they fear. That's the only thing they fear. And, uh, you know, if, if we don't stand up and take our masks off and protest, and, and, you know, and, and, you know, get the word out, which is very difficult. But if we don't do that, then they have a much greater chance of winning this thing. I also think now, and I didn't think this before, I think Trump may be very well involved in this, uh, with the Space Force, which is going to be an integral part of this thing. Uh, uh, also, uh, you know, he, you know, he's the one that got the vaccine going. He should know what's going on with that. So I don't know if we can, obviously it's, it's Democrats and Republicans. There's probably only a handful of people in the whole Congress we can trust, which, you know, I don't even know if we can trust them. So 
this thing is just bigger and bigger and bigger every time I find out something every day. It's just so huge that, you know, it, it, you know, they're going to get the military in there like Biden if he gets in, and he probably will now. I'm, I'm thinking he probably will. I don't think Trump's going to do anything because he's got money. He's going to be one of those people that's going to want to be, you know, that's in the top one, two percent of people that are going to be, you know, I, I'm thinking, I don't know, you know, but I, I'm just not sure about Trump anymore. I'm, I'm not thinking. Well, he's yeah, our diagree with us that much anymore. What, what worries me anyway, about Trump just is wanted to throw that out. Okay. All right, thanks. That's art, everybody, out okay. in uh, St. Louis area. Let's go out to Ireland now, to Briser from the Briser Show. I was actually on that show this past week, uh, Monday, which was a post-Christmas show, I guess, or a pre-New Year's Eve show. Man, Briser, you had so many people on that call coming in, out. Uh, I've always dreamed of doing a show like that, and you actually pulled it off. How you doing? And welcome to Inside the Eye Live Primetime, and Happy New Year. Yes, and good early morning, uh, 2021 here to you from the Emerald Isle. We're now 22 minutes into it, and yeah, it's great. There's lots of fireworks going off here in the neighborhood. In the neighborhood, and that's good. Out, I, yeah, I was looking outside as well, and I think there's parties going on because I've seen lots of cars parked up down, down the street here. So that's good. So people are getting together. That's what it's about. Yeah, that is good that people yeah. are actually out and getting to, together. So, uh, with obviously 2021, as they told me today at the office, hey, Dennis, did you hear that the meme 2021? Uh, we hope not. <laughs> well, you don't want to think that 2021, you know? Uh, so, uh, with 2020 passing by, obviously we're going into a new year. Uh, there's a little bit of hopium in the air, at least in the United States. A lot of us don't think that Biden is going to stand. We think that we may have enough force behind us to actually uh, get at least some of our people back into office, and we'll see what happens. But if we don't see, obviously, a major cleaning of the House in the United States, I'm not sure what's going to happen inside the United States uh, going into 2021. Yeah, I, I don't know either, Dennis. Um, is Trump going to live up to his name and pull the Trump card at the last minute? That's uh, I'm always open to that. You know, that something could happen there. I, I'm just just watching this now play out. Um, it's going to get very interesting. It is, and a lot of people think that Trump card is going to be pulled, and uh, having a name like Trump is the one name to have if you're going to have this, I guess, this uh, spiritual tie to your calling. Maybe Trump is indeed that spiritual tie. A lot of people have hope in this guy. And I think it's, uh yeah. if you're going to put hope somewhere, I think that's the only place you can put it right now. Yeah, yeah I mean, I was always skeptical of Trump, even from the beginning, you know, I just thought he was just another player. But, you know, but Eddie said some good things, he did some good things, right? But he bought into the whole COVID nonsense and he bought into the whole BLM stuff. He kind of, he, he, he could have put his foot down really, you know, hard there and he didn't. And, um, uh, you know, now he, you know, he could have arrested people. It was always about this October surprise and nothing happened there. Um, and, uh, you know, the whole Q thing. And I just think, well, yeah, what's, you know, is he going to do, actually do anything or just stringing people along? Well, you know, I had a, 
But then, but then again, you know, as I said, he could do something. We not, we just don't. Yeah, it's not over until it's over, man. He certainly hasn't conceded. You know, I had this thing, and see, here's the thing: I'm supposed to not say. I'm actually not supposed to talk now about certain things that I may have deduced. <laughs> Believe it or not, there's been some complaints privately. And it's not just with me, it's other people that do reporting and say, guys, you need to shut up a little bit. You know, sometimes you guys are deducing things and you shouldn't be deducing it to that clarity. But, uh, you know, it's, but I did have a lucid moment today. <clears throat> You know, he's talking about this great surprise on January 6th. You know, it's going to be a great party. And I don't think it's going to happen, but it was like a cool little idea. And it was just like in Saudi when uh, Prince Mohammed bin Salman took out all the Hillary Clinton people. You know, 400 some odd people, top rich, richest people in the country were held at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel for months and on end uh, trying to resolve what we're going to do with the, the corruption here. Uh, you know, we got a break here. Great. All right. Everybody, Bryzer's on the line from Ireland. We'll be back with uh, maybe a little bit of opium with Trump, Donald Trump coming up right after this. All right, everybody. Welcome back. I'll tell you what. This is a fast show, man. Uh, I only got a half hour to go, which is actually pretty cool. Joining me from uh, Ireland, Bryzer from the Bryzer Show. Check it out every Monday from 5 to 7 p.m. generally on the Cornwall, Re- Cornwall Revolution Radio, I believe. And you can catch the stream at grism.blogspot.com where chat room and listen live links are available. Again, that's every Monday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern on Cornwall Revolution Radio. Again, check that out uh, on uh, grism.blogspot.com. They're back in the news, man. It seems like they're posting my shows again over at Grism's, uh, which is good. You've been there a long time uh, yourself, Bryzer. And uh, going into 2021, I'll tell you what, dude. I don't know if you've been following the news like I have in the States, but uh, an interesting development I was thinking today is, can you imagine if we turned the Congress into the Ritz-Carlton and we just started arresting people and holding them there? Mr. Breiser, you there? There well, you are. There sorry, you are. sorry. That's okay. Sorry. There you are. Yeah. But yeah, can you imagine though if we started, if, if Trump had a plan and they basically arrested so many of these, and many of them probably deserve to be arrested, to be honest with you. If he actually just used this like a Ritz Carlton moment and arrested them in the actual congressional building while they were in the building? Yeah, well, that would be awesome, though. You know, we, we, that would. I mean, we need, we need a moment of awesomeness, Dennis, after what we've been through the last year, you know. We really do. People need a good lift because this has been a bad year. They do. People. They really I mean, do. I, I know, I know a few people now who, who are, okay, they're getting government money at the moment just to keep them propped up, right? But they're just, uh, kind of keeping their heads above water at the moment. And, you know, when that all runs out, you know, they're, they're going to be expected to pay all that back, you know. And the business is everything going to be destroyed, you know. And people are, you can see it in them, they are struggling with this. But for some reason, they're still going along with it. But I think it will come soon, Dennis. I think it will come soon where people say, right, enough. That's it. Done. Finished. When that happens, that'll be... 
that'll be interesting to be there, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, the one of the things is you say Trump could have done this, Trump could have done that. And then you've got the other side that say, no, Trump really couldn't have done that. There really was no choice but to let this drag out to the very last second of the passion play as you might want to go from the old classical yeah. way. We're watching a, witnessing a classic, a passion play in progress and there's no way but to get to the closing act. And the closing act is going to be that closing act. And unfortunately for us without the inside intel, we don't know what it is. But there's still hopium in the air, and we will have to see. You know, and and if there's no hopium, if if nothing happens in America and Biden takes over, I think that America becomes ungovernable. Certain sections of America will become ungovernable. I believe that we will see a siege of these democratic cities. Literally, we will just, and we will not allow any, we'll just put, lay siege to Pittsburgh, we'll lay siege to Harrisburg, we'll lay siege to Atlanta, we're gonna lay siege to, uh, California, areas of California. Literally, you'll see Americans lay siege because the reality of it is, Bryzer in America, there's only blue patches, there are no blue states. There's tiny little pockets I mean, of blue. Yeah, I mean, if that if that did happen, Dennis, how would you feel? Because I, I I'm always thinking as well, this could be a false dawn, another false dawn. You know what I mean? Well, it doesn't matter at this stage whether it's fa- a false. I mean, what matters is do the people do something or not. Ultimately, the country belongs to the people. That's a, that's yeah. oh. it's true of Ireland and it's true of us. It belongs to us. Do we take action or do we not? Now in America, you had 80, you have this like gelling moment, 87 million people plus, plus coming to vote for one thing that they believed in. That's very unifying. They have momentum, they have passion, and they know they're getting screwed by the political class. So if it doesn't happen now, then it will never happen. No. Um, just to let you know, by the way, Dennis, we had our George Floyd moment here in Ireland. Really? You you had a black guy just, get just, just, take an overdose on fentanyl? Yeah. Well, we had a black guy, and his first name happened to be George. George, uh, let me look at his name now. George Ferguson instead of Floyd. And Kenshaw. Okay. I'm not exactly sure where this guy came from, but somewhere in Africa. Only a young guy. And he went into a shop uh, with a knife and tried to rob the shop and was ne- nearly killed. Or, you know, he really threatened the the owner. And somehow the owner, people in the shop called the cops. And one guy, one cop was nearby, came in, tried to apprehend him. The guy tried to nearly kill the cop. Okay. And he managed somehow it got around that we need assistance here and the armed response unit came in and it all kind of fracas went outside and they took a pot shot at him to disable him. But unfortunately they got him and he died of his injuries later. And now the black mobs are going Again, well the black mob should be rounded up. Who cares? Get out of our countries. You know, why is this idiot in our in our stores with a knife? If you're going to come to a foreign country behaving like a freaking animal, shut the hell up. And people should just be telling the immigrants that. Yeah. This now, isn't, I've seen just uh, today they were riding around all these shopping malls in Dublin. 
uh, they should be literally shooting. I'm at the stage now where I, Bryzer, I'm at the stage now, if you're rioting, 1950s America, rioters, looters, you shot to kill. We did not have rioting like this in America because even we whites would do that to other whites. You don't loot. You do not harm innocent people just to get your point across or you don't take advantage of innocent people in a time of a crisis. You shoot to kill all rioters and looters like this. If they're looting, you shoot to kill. I'm sorry. This is yeah. they're ana- this is an animal mentality. Okay, if you got a bunch of bears coming into your place and they're they're rioting and tearing up the thing, you think the police are going to come in and not shoot them? Yeah. Now I don't know the story about this guy, but it does look like he was part of some kind of drug gang or something, and he was probably drugged up. And why was uh, he there? It's interesting that his first name is George. Yeah, well. and you know what they would do? And they're all now jumping on board. That no, you know what you do? Here's the thing. Let me tell you how it works in the Middle East. That guy isn't there without somebody sponsoring him to come. Okay? Therefore, whoever sponsored that guy responsible financially to bring him there, they're also responsible. This shouldn't be just this. Who, excuse me, who brought this guy there? Which agencies were responsible for the financial transfer of that person to this country? Those people should be held equally responsible now. You caused the problem, you brought it here, you pay, you pony up. This is how people need to think, Bryzer. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's all talk. I just look quickly on social media because it's all happening. You know, defund the police. So, uh, yeah, let these people, these mobs, run riot all over the place. You know, I know. Again, it's not their. I I don't get it. You know, Dennis. I have to say too. I have no. I I really have an issue with the cops in this country. They are as corrupt as hell. Of course they are. To see how they treat white people. Of course. Through this COVID nonsense. Yes, I agree with you. This, I agree. this was a cop, though, that actually was actually doing his job, okay, trying to protect some guy who was trying to make a living, and some mad lunatic was trying to stab him with a freaking knife, he, and he tried to save him, and he ended up nearly getting killed. So, you know, you have to look at this, both situations here. So it's very, you know, listen, more you kind of support that guy, but the cops, you know, unfortunately, I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if the cops here say that he did wrong, he gets suspended for what he done. I'm watching all this happen. Well, I, again, we know all of this. At the end of the day, the people are going to have to take back everything, or it's going to be this way. Bottom line. It's the people got to take. I don't know what to do. In America, we have a better chance right now. We have a better chance. Uh, but still, you guys, Ireland, you guys are still the majority in your country. I assume you're not a minority in your own country. No, not yet. But we're we're not far okay. away. Well, then take your time. You guys fought off the British for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. But back then, there was a rebellious spirit in the country. Now it's all well, dead. Again, I'm seeing all these people walking around with muzzles and shit. But then again, you know, there's there is defiance. I think there's people who are just kind of going along to get along type of thing. Well, but, then, I, um, then I, there's nothing that can be done. You know what I mean? If people I, don't I want to fight, that, no, I just think that something will kick off because 
just from hearing from local business people now, they're they're very fed up about what's happening now. Yeah, and to me, the guys in charge of the red. We, we went in, we've gone into another level five lockdown here, a complete lockdown again now for at least a month. For uh, they're saying at least a month, so that'll be three months. Okay, so this is it. This is the this is the final hammer blow to all small businesses now in this country. So now this is the time. This is why now this is the new year. The first few months of this year, look what they did to us last year. We'll do the same to them this year. We're we're going to fight back. It has to be that way. There's no choice. Yeah, everybody got to be smart, be, be clever, be crafty. And uh, I don't know how to do it uh, locally, but it has to be done. Politicians yeah. need to be shamed into complete silence. Uh, they need to start fearing the people. I'm not saying you got to shoot them, but they certainly need to fear that uh, if they continue along this path, things might happen. This is our country. You serve us. If you don't want to serve us, we're going to drag you out of there by your freaking neck. Yeah. I'm in a fighting spirit today, man. I don't know why. My my chat room's humming. It's buzzing. It's actually buzzing. Yeah, it's not humming. You know, it's, it's, it's the end of a, of a pretty tough new year. A tough year, 2020. Kind of took us by surprise in many ways. It did. I mean, we, were new, we knew this thing was coming down the tracks, but we just didn't know it was going to hit us that soon. Well, we didn't know it was this. This was a complete surprise. Although we saw the, we saw what was going on. You know, they ran the dry run in October in Davos. Uh, so we did see the dry run, but we just didn't see it hitting the way they yeah. did it. But, but we, those of us who are at the leading edge, we, we, we already had seen the videos before this thing hit even. Like, oh, that's kind of odd. They're kind of planning for something, but we just didn't put two and two together fast enough. No, yeah. But um, no, no, there is some good things happening um, all over the place. So let's see what happens. I think. Well, for it's us, Briser, you know, the, the people are just going to say sorry. No, Briser, I think right. Obviously, you guys got to organize, but for the Americans right now, it's down to one week to go. Okay, it's one week. January the 6th is going to be a huge date. So that's a big march on Washington, D.C. Yeah, January, January the, I don't think it's, is it? yeah, January the 6th, yeah. That's not even a, that's not even a weekend. That's actually a weekday. Come on January the 6th. That's going to be Wednesday. And you're going to have a million people there, dude. And who knows what's going to be going out to all the various cities. Yeah. And from what I understand is they're, they're the Patriots, as they like to, we like to call everybody now, they're planning this time to deal with Antifa. And are, is there, there's going to be formed militias to actually do something to take these people out if necessary. Yeah. They're saying, no, let's, let's protect the women and the children this time, stay up, uh, have rotating watches, patrols, everything. And I suspect that... Uh, you know, you you piss off these type of people enough, and they're going to be very effective. Yeah, yeah. I saw that video or saw that speech that um, Trump made a couple of days ago, and all all the media outlets blanked him. Everyone. Yeah, the new. Yeah, that was the Christmas I, Eve. I, that, that, that's, that is just unprecedented, Dennis. When have you ever heard of? Yeah, it was a great a speech. Statement, it was a, a great state address to the nation, and all of the media blocked him. Yeah, it was a great speech too. It was a good speech, yeah. So he did. He called it out. And he gave the evidence. He's not backing down, guys. So who knows? 
No, I don't think he is. No, I don't think he is. I'm just, I said, I, sometimes I thought, no, he's gone, but now I'm thinking, well, I don't know. <laughs> like I say, there's hopium in the air, man. I think he's just going to keep everyone holding on to the last minute and then do something major. It could be huge. Are they hey, are they huge. distributing the vaccines, trying to kill people already up in Ireland? Yeah, they introduced them there but two days ago, and it was all big fanfare. It was an elderly lady who was what, in her eighties who got the first vaccine, and you know, usually. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now they said they've brought in a level five uh, lockdown here, which is um, everything's closed, even the schools. They might look at the school situation on the 12th of January, I think. But, but um, all of this, Bryzer, must be supported with yeah, factual. Five kilometers from your house. Yeah, but they need to come. Enough of this. This is nonsense. Give us uh, some factual nonsense. scientific evidence. What the hell you're doing or we're dragging you out by your freaking neck. You know what I mean? Again, the health, you guys are idiots. People just say to the health officials, you're all a bunch of treasonous idiots. Where's the science? Give us the science now. Just show up. 500, 600 men, show up. I would join that. Mm -hmm. Seriously, I would join, you you get enough, you know, 70, 80, 150 people together, I would go there. I'd be a spokes guy. Show, where's your evidence? What do you think? You're just a bunch of, you're an idiot sitting there in power and you're going to tell us what to do like we're children? Give us the freaking evidence now. This is kind of where it has to go. To to Irish people, just bring a copy of the Constitution with you. It's easily available. And in there is a right to travel in free assembly. It's in there, right? Correct. Just hold that up to the cops. So it's there now. I'm exercising my constitutional right to travel. And that's an easy one to use, right? There you go. And all myself and Graham, we talk about reserving our rights. But if you just want to just move along the road and go to where you go, want to go, just do that. And by the looks of it, it works. Because that's the highest law on the land, right? Uh, and all they're talking about is regulations. So off you go. In theory. But people got to do it. Anyways, yeah, yeah when I, I mean, it's just a matter of being strong, yeah, you know, because people are afraid, oh, you know, cops say, oh, you got to turn back home now, you got to go home, because, oh, my God, you know, cases, blah, blah, blah. And that's what they're depending on, is people just consenting to this. But you're, you're saying, no, I'm actually going to visit my friend, or my mother, or my father, or, or whoever, right? Uh, yeah, I went out three times. Look, they had this passage. here. Bryzer, they had this here. They had a five-kilometer lockdown. Actually, they had a neighborhood lockdown. You couldn't go out of your neighborhood. They kept it in place for right around three weeks in June, you know, late May, June. And you could get a special pass from the Ministry of Interior to keep operating within the city. And, of course, we're a big city. It's 7 to 10 million people, probably about 7 million. you got to keep the grocery stores open. you got to keep the, off the medical facilities open. you got to keep some of your factories running. Uh, so th- there was a lot of free movement for those type of people. Some people in my company had those passes. And I would go out, and I probably got stopped four times at... I think four times at checkpoints. And I just had to pull my card and just, you know, but hey, you know, you got to go out. You got to work. Yeah. I'll have to find If I need to go five 
kilometers from my house, I'll do it. If I just feel I have to do it, I will just do it. Yeah. Um, I don't care. You know? Yeah, but the point it's here all, is the point here is it's not so much whether we go out and do how do we overthrow this medical tyranny, Bryzer. You know, that's the main well, focus we just, moving we just forward. Need more people to see through this whole nonsense, Dennis. And you know, it's so easy really, when you think about it. I mean, we've all looked at it. You know, PCR tests and whether this even virus even exists. You know, it's never been isolated. So all these different things. You know, and even if it, you know, you can use that argument. Even if it does exist, you can you can have a good argument there too. You know, we just get people to stop and think about this. You know, the problem is, is that everyone's, you know, they. You know what? I'm not just to get a kind of a public square thing. Going you know, the, just sit people down, and we have the likes of us up there telling them, say, this is it. You know, the so, funny thing is, Bryzer, I'm not surrounded by people who don't get it. My, yeah. I'm just not surrounded by it. Everybody I know, I talk about all the time. People get it, whether they're senior level, they're they're running elements of the government, and they they like take off the mask down and say, "Yeah, I, I agree with you." But why are they doing it? I, said, I don't know. You got me, man. Let's try to figure it out and give them a call. You know why? I don't know why they're doing it. They getting paid or what? So I, I don't have, I'd not see, I, uh, yeah, there are people who don't get it, but I don't care about the masses. I'm looking for people and in influence. You know what I mean? I don't care about the masses per se. I'm working at an influence influence level. I want these people to right. understand. Right. But do you think you can influence them? Of course I can. Of course I can. Why shouldn't I be able to? Why shouldn't I? Why not? If I got their ear, I'm honest. They're honest. They're friends. What, I'm not going to be able to influence the audience here? Of course I can. So why can't I influence others? See, confidence, confidence, confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, you know, that's probably why you're there, Dennis. Me think so. But yeah, folks, we got to have that confidence. Everybody, everybody listening out there, find, yeah, it's masses, but get the influencers. I'm not saying you can get everybody because some people think I'm full of it, Bryzer. You know, the masses will take... Hmm. You and I are talking over each other today. I'm excited. Sorry, Um, there's a a minute delay, or not a minute, like a second or two delay there. So anyways, my point here is that there's two ways to this. One is to focus on the influencing division, get that influence network going, but then you kind of spread out towards a small base of circle around you. So around me, maybe I have 40, 50 people that all get it. Mm-hmm. And then I've got my audience, the radio audience, which is who knows how big, and it's extended, and they get it. Yeah, there you go. So that's, that's how I'm approaching it, guys. I'm trying to find where I can influence, probing questions, see where they're at, Drop a hint, drop that, I get the reaction, I can feed it back, and then once I realize I have a potential target, I talk. And I try not to go straight for certain questions, like I don't go straight for the Jewish question, but it's brought up within a week. And then once they get that, it's like, okay, game over, yeah, we get it. They see eye to eye with me. Guys, they're asking me to bring research to give to people. Okay, yes, it works. It works. Find the influencers because the influencers can help sabotage and give you information and let you know what's going on. 
you know, without having influencers, then you're always on the outside equally. So even in your communities, you got to find out who are the influencers. It doesn't have to always be threats because remember the old adage, everybody, about the sun and the wind. And they had a, they had a bet. I bet you I can take the jacket. I bet you I can blow that jacket off of the guy faster than you can. And the sun says, okay, I'll take you up on the bet. And the wind blew and blew and blew. And the more he blew, the guy held onto the jacket harder and harder. And what the sun did was just give nice bright sunshine. And the guy willingly took off the jacket. So there's two ways to approach how you do this. One is the hammer nice approach. Nice. Yeah, one's hammer and one is soft. Soft yeah. will always work better than the hammer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um, also, just going back to the show we did uh, on Monday. Uh, sure. Thanks, Dennis, for coming on and saying up late, man. That was, that was brilliant. And, yeah, it went really well. What, 14 people, I think. How many? On the show. 14. <laughs> Yeah, I think I stayed through like, uh, was, actually I lost my, my you mic were, went you there. there. Yeah, I think you went towards the end there and other people. It was kind of come and go. You know what I mean? There was no pressure on anybody. I was telling that to everybody. Join in when you want and leave when you want. It's not, not a big deal. Just wanted to get everyone on just to give their input into what they've seen, what they've experienced this year, uh, or 2020 now, uh, and what they expect of 2021. And it, it all went, Swimmingly well, I thought. You know, it was, yeah, it was, I agree. I agree. I thought it was handled yeah. very well. People were minding their microphones, muting everything so people could talk. Yeah. And it was very well okay. produced. Yeah, so we you know, so I was happy with that, you know, and, um, that's what we're doing. You're doing it, we're doing it. There's lots of other people doing their shows. There's oh, Giuseppe in the chat room with Scorpio, they're doing great shows as well. So there's a lot of us putting out some good information there. Um, you know what's uh, interesting? I don't know. We're about building, we're building good audiences. You know, we're building a good, a lot of really good, solid people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, Bryce. I don't know if you follow the, the the various stuff. I do because I'm stuck here by myself. You know, so I I look at a lot of videos, a lot of different things going on out there, and there are so many people giving one tenth of the inspiration, motivation, and information that we might be giving through our in, our shows. And they're attracting 15, 20, 30, 50,000 listeners. And I watch them, and I'm like, after three minutes, like, dude, you're not saying anything done. Yeah. But they're building that bigger base of knowledge. Eventually, they're going to have people need to go from this big base that I don't have interested in to filtration or percolation to where they finally will get to where they need to get to the really strong people. And there's not that many out there, to be honest with you. I know. Very few of us, really. <laughs> but um, we're building, though, Dennis. I mean, I think the last nine months, more people have woken up. Oh, 100%. You know, them out of slumber. 100%. But it's not so much so us. Yeah, it's not us. It's just what's happening, and that's the way it just had that's to be. Bryzer, thanks so much, man. Happy New Year. Thank We're you, out Dennis. of here. Ha- yeah, Happy New Year to you and all your listeners. <laughs> and, uh, great to talk to you, Dennis. All right, let's Before talk again. Stay, stay safe out there. And uh, that's the show, everybody. Inside the Ally Primetime. Happy New Year from Riyadh. See you Saturday, uh, 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern. Good night, everybody. <laughs>